Hi, I'm Courtney, and you are listening to Kata Kata Ka, a podcast where we gather researchers and get them to answer our pressing questions about their field. In this episode, we will talk about biological control approaches in insects. Chemical pesticides and insecticides in general are effective ways to control insect populations, but they are well documented to have side effects that could harm the environment and the health of the community in the long run. Some insects can also become more immune to these chemical approaches. More worryingly, some of these chemical approaches can also affect other insects that are good for the ecosystem. Instead of solely relying on these chemical-based approaches, researchers have found the more eco-friendly means called biological control approaches by using the insect's natural enemies to control their population. How are these biological control approaches different from chemical insecticides? How do we test for the effectivity of these controls? And how do we make sure that the environment is not harmed in the introduction of these new methods? Here to answer our questions are... Hi, I'm Dina Amalin, and I'm currently with the De La Salle University, but my uh, training as an entomologist started uh, when I was bachelor and a master's uh, degree in, in Upilus Baños and continued my training in a more bio-based control of pests in the University of Florida in, in Gainesville and also in Homestead, Florida. So I decided to become a Balik scientist and came back home for a long-term engagement as a Balik scientist and after two years of my engagement as Balik scientist, I decided to stay in the Philippines because I felt that my expertise will be of good use or better use of our farmers here in the Philippines. So during my Balik scientist, I worked with the farmers of cacao no, in the Philippines and introduced to them the bio-based approaches in controlling the and then continuing on my saga as an entomologist now in the Philippines, I work with my colleagues here, no? uh, Doc Billy and Doc Tads, on bio-based no? of both agriculture and medical importance. I hope to discuss with you, along with my colleagues, on the importance of bio-based, not to repel pesticide, but to complement the use of it with the chemical control. My name is Adeus Carvajal. I graduated from De La Salle University for my bachelor's and also for my master's. And then afterwards, I went to Japan under the Mombushu Scholarship to train under the supervision of Dr. Kozo Watanabe in his laboratory on mosquitoes. So my study would look into the biology, the ecology, and the control of medically important mosquitoes, such as your dengue mosquitoes. So what I'm doing doing is that I'm looking at uh, the biological aspects as well as the ecological aspects to create what we call certain or develop vector control strategies against this mosquito. Now, after my PhD in Japan, I still continued to become a postdoctoral researcher under the same laboratory. And just like Dr. Amaline, last year, I came back to the Philippines as a Balik scientist to help out in the projects of Dr. Amaline regarding the surveillance of mosquitoes using the automated real-time trapping system. Okay, and also do some work in relation not only to mosquitoes, but other vectors of diseases. Hi, Courtney, and good day to our dear listeners. 
I'm uh, Bailey Joel Almarines. Currently, I'm Associate Professor of Galasal University in the Department of Biology, and I'm also an entomologist of the Biological Control Research Unit of the Center for Natural Sciences and Environmental Research, which Dr. Divina Amalin is the director of. I, Dr. Carvajal, and Dr. Amalin, we are working closely on some of the Biological Control Research Unit's project. I had my master's and PhD from De La Salle University. Actually, to tell you the truth, I really got trained as an entomologist only in my PhD when I became Dr. Amalin's academic son. Okay, so I still work on identifying and studying the biology and the ecology of insects as well as spiders to assess their potential as biological control agents against pests, in particular insect pests of agricultural as well as possibly medical and veterinary importance. I also dabble in some modeling studies. I do species distribution modeling. I, I, I see it as a potential tool to forecast possible pest invasions. And also fairly recently, we have been doing some studies on ecological networks. So modeling ecological networks to see the different interactions of different components of an agroecosystem and how some of these factors tend to influence, say, the biological control potential of a natural enemy or how it could influence, how those factors could eventually influence productivity of the crop plant. So we, we, we would like to see the bigger picture using modeling, specifically using P-graph. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul, for all the panelists for, the, for your introductions. So before we start talking about biological controls, can we have an overview po, on why we cannot solely rely on chemical approaches and which is why must okay to yung biological control or integrations with biological controls? The, the importance of having not only chemical control no, and the control of pest management is the long-term harmful effect of just using the pesticide because it has been proven no, na relying heavily on pesticide it's harming the the, invo- the 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 people no because of its toxic effect no and also harming our environment and that leads to also harming the community and that is because of the development of yung resistance in the natin no and the resurgence on over overuse or and misuse not only over but misuse of yung different pesticide, particularly the broad spectrum insecticide. So what is insecticide resistance? What is resistance? So ito yung, uh, you're using over and over the same pesticide or the same insecticide and the pest is already resisting it. So it's not anymore as effective as the first usage of it. Uh, and the pest resurgence is targeting the or at affecting the non-targets and the non-targets are the biological control agents yung mga natural enemies that is already proven controlling or managing the population of a certain pest and then because they are more vulnerable to the pesticides so they are the first one to get killed and so the pest that they are controlling increases and then uh, pose more damages to the crop no that that is affecting so that's the main issue in the overuse and issues of this pesticide. So we cannot really solely depend on chemical control, but r- rational use of it 
and in combination with other control measure as well as using bio-based so control measure will be a better strategy in controlling this pest no, of agricultural uh, importance. And besides, this is more economical because sometimes you don't need really to control this pest because they are under control of these natural enemies. So biological control approaches, kasi, of course, kunyari, in, in mosquitoes or in any insects, there are a lot of ways to control them. So there could be what we call physical, there could be mechanical, environmental, diba? and then of course, another would be the biological control approach. The definition of that is that you use natural organisms or other, or they can consider other organisms in order to bring down the population or probably try to reduce the population of your target insect. So madaming way, madaming mga categories yan when we look at biological control approaches. So number one, of course, you have the plant-based, meaning that you use plant extracts too. You have predators, other insects. Uh, I think that one example of that would be Dr. Almarines, yung insect, which is the Comperiella, but it's not a predator, but normally it's a parasitoid. Okay. Three, it would be bacterial. Number four, you have also fungal. And some would actually use, like in mosquitoes, yung mga rear and release methods. Now, Dr. Ameline stressed out that in dealing with these insects, uh, like for example, either pests or vectors, chemical use is very rampant. Ito yung ginagamit ng lahat para puksain diba, yung mga uh, peste na to. However, insecticide uh, resistance actually develops. And sometimes, not only that insecticide resistance develops, also it can be toxic to the user, to the, uh, to the animal, okay, in, in livestock, for example, in agriculture, or it can be toxic to the environment itself. So biological control approaches uses organisms, natural organisms that is found in the environment to, to have a negative effect towards to the pest or to the vector that you are targeting. Okay, to add to what, if, if we allow me, I would like to call her Mommy Divine. Just to add to what uh, Mommy Divine and Doc Tads mentioned about one con, the use of the, the use and the dependence on chemical pesticides, which is uh, the development of, of insecticide resistance or pesticide resistance. Kasi ganito yan, eh, ano? we are introducing a mortality factor and we tend to do selection. Ano? So there would be some members of the population of the pest that would, of course, readily die due to the application of the pesticide. However, there would be chances that some say, uh, sabi na natin, yung mga hardier members of the population may survive the pesticide application. So they stay there and they get to reproduce. So alam na natin, genetics, ano? those genes with pesticide resistance get transferred to the next generation. Eventually, that next generation proliferates. So the next time you apply the same pesticide, it will no longer work as effectively as before. Now, an advantage of biological control and bio-based approaches is this. Ano, in particular, sorry, ano, I may be jumping the gun a bit about biological control. Ano. When we say biological control, like uh, Stads correctly put it, ano, we are using natural enemies, predators, parasitoids, pathogens. So these are living things. Now, would there be a chance for pests to develop resistance against these natural enemies? Kasi we're talking about selection. Okay, pwedeng nagkakaroon ng microevolution. However, take note, since we're talking about natural enemies, these are living things. So they also 
adapt and they evolve. So they tend to co-evolve with their prey or their host. So mas ano siya, mas mas not just environmentally sound but also it's more sustainable in the long run. Okay? So it's even if if the if the pests tend to develop say defenses against the natural enemies, eventually some of the natural enemies themselves would also co-evolve or co-adapt so that they can more effectively attack the the pest so that is one advantage so and and that's one really a, a big disadvantage of just relying on chemical pesticides kasi ang chemical pesticides anong gagawin natin increase lang natin yung dosage increase lang natin yung formulation in response however it's 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 the same it's going to be the same chemical unlike if it's not it's the natural enemies Diba? So there would be changes that get to be carried on and maybe even change together with the pest. So uh, unfortunately here in the Philippines, right, Tad and Tommy Divine, ano, uh, here in the Philippines, talagang nakafocus ang, ang, ang karamihan sa ating mga kababayan sa pagsumpo sa mga peste gamit mga chemical. Actually yun po, parang paano yes, po na... Bakit po ganun? Parang if natural na po yung... yung um, pang pangkontra dun sa pest. Bakit uh, and sa mga ibang insects? Bakit nag ano po? Bakit nag switch to chemical? Like yun, bakit yeah, sobrang um, rampant? Yes, Courtney kasi uh, most of the pest outbreak yung malaking malaking damages no from insect pests or diseases ay coming from invasive species or invasive pest species. <laughs> Pag dumating kasi yung invasive pest species sa atin, no? Uh, invasive, what, ano ba yung invasive species, no? These are pest species or species coming from other countries. Now, when it invade, when it, when it invade other countries and there is no available natural enemies to, to maintain its population at a level that it will not cause any harm, it will, it will go to an outbreak situation. No, and the the first resort on that, you know, is to to kill it right away, and to kill it right away, it's always is the chemical control. Hindi na mawala. It's even in the U.S. when there is an outbreak of pests from in invasive. Ang unang nilang target, ang unang nilang decision is to have chemical control pests. Ano bang chemical na makakakontrol nito? But then they don't stop there. Okay, they still look at potential natural enemy or potential biocontrol uh, approach that eventually will minimize the use of this pesticide. So it's always is because it's an invasive pest species, kaya kaya nagkakaroon around the world. It's it's the same uh, scenario. I'm just uh, thinking out loud. Let's say, for example, the my invasive species. Uh, could we go to the host country and get their natural enemies and bring it here? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Okay. And that is called classical biological control agent. Kasi yung classical biological control is uh, introducing the natural enemy of that particular fish that invaded the country. No, But the problem sa atin kasi, it's not very open to release or to introduce this because of the, I don't know, the strictness no nung ating rules or laws uh, regarding introduction. So, hindi, uh, hindi pa masyadong bibig, yung, yung regulation of it. I think kailangan matingnan, no? Kasi in other countries, they are allowing classical biological control, particularly pag na-identify na nila na ito pala invasive coming from this particular country. So, nag-explore talaga sila from that 
for, from that country to look for the natural enemies. Because usually, yung mga invasive species in their origi uh, original uh, places or countries, they're not a problem kasi meron nga silang natural enemies. So yun yung, yun yung ini-explore ng mga experts on uh, entomologists no? pag merong outbreak sa country. In particular, the uh, U.S. is very big on classical biology. control kasi ang daming dumadating na invasive pest species doon na recorded at saka uh, alam nila kasi ready sila for that but we are not that ready yet it's not too late on that okay just to add lang kay Dr. Amalin uh, uh, for the why yung madami gumagamit ng chemical use then rin sa mga lamok like for example in dengue uh, I think Courtney diba, kapag nagkaroon ka ng outbreak of dengue cases A barangay, for example, on a certain place, what they do immediately is they apply like yung mga fogging. Diba? So that is actually chemical-based. Of course, their main intention there is really to actually kill or try to uh, kill the adults okay, that may have the virus that may transmit it to the humans or to the people around them. So kaya nga, Uh, sang-ayon ako kay ma'am na parang immediate yan sa, sa gobyerno natin or even not only in the national but in the local government units na nakita ko sa barangay that immediate na pagka may karoon ng mga dengue case outbreaks during the rainy season agad sila magpapa mag, uh, mag magpapafogging so in response to the outbreak that is happening kasi ibig sabihin nun maraming lamok probably na may, ha, may dala ng dengue virus na yon So, yun ang ginagawa. And then, pangalawa, like sa, uh, of course, kasi sa, sa, sa bahay-bahay natin, the use of alam mo, yung mga bygone or other uh, products that are used for you know killing pests, not only for lamok, but also with cockroaches. Over time, of course, some of them are still somehow effective, but over time, like what Sir Billy said, there are some that would actually develop yung insecticide resistance. So, typically embedded pa rin sa atin that the use of the chemical control but it needs to be complemented kung talagang um, talagang kailangan talagang gamitin siya then pwede but it has to be regulated or it has to be applied in a certain way parang ganon okay as is sir Billy ata may sabihin so ahead, sir quick fix kasi ang ano yan, chemical pesticide eh. mm, true uh, there, there's that impression di ba na pag mag exactly, ka ng yes. pesticide patay agad Mm-hmm. that's the thing most people especially Filipinos especially Filipino farmers sorry not to ano, not to belittle or disparage our fellow Filipinos but this is something that has to be corrected eh. we are always after quick fixes but we do not we do not look at the long term effects or the broader picture mabilis eh nakakapatay agad ang chemical pesticides where where whereas if we were yes uh, actually court just to add on the concept of classical biological control na binanggit ni Mommy Divine ano actually yes it can be done it's it's, it's being done However, before we really, we really can ascertain that it can be used against a pest. Well, if it's really a pest, an invasive pest, yes. So, ano yun? Sure yun na makaka, makakatulong na bumaba yung population ng pest. However, there, we, we still have to conduct some studies to ascertain that this natural enemy, if it's introduced to another area where it's not a native of, that it will not affect other species. Kasi baka baka may, may tendency no after niyang 
suksain or pababain yung population ng pest, eh baka lumipat siya sa ibang ano, ibang species na hindi naman peste. Masama kung halimbawa ay maging ano siya. Uh, masama kung, pro, kung beneficial yung inatake ng natural enemy. Yes, Kaya kinakailangan. So it, it has to entail, it, 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 biological control entails studies which would take time. Yun yung hindi, ano eh, yun yung yes, parang, ano, <laughs> di ba, asat na asat tayo, gusto that's, natin that's resulta. Uh, 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 that's correct. That's a very valid point, no, that, of uh, Billy. Okay. Usually, it takes, I mean, I, I, I've worked with the classical biological when I was still in the U.S. And usually, when we introduce no biological control agents for particular invasive pest species, marami na kaming na-handle na ganyan. We, we, the, the quarantine procedure, no before it gets released to the field, it takes at least three, two to three years. Uh, parang lang sigurado that it will be just targeting the pest in of concern and not be and not the non-targets kasi um ang pinaka classic example niyan ay yung, i think uh, i think it's series vidalia no? when it was released no uh, it's a coccinellid yun yung yung tawag natin is ano yun bird lady bee police na kuba eh kela hindi ko alam tawag niya basta coccinellid yeah yeah uh, um, a very classical example of that is also the classical example of very, very successful classical biological control that released Vidalia from the country of Floridian. I think, try not mistaken, Amaba, uh, uh, no, introduced in California to control yung, ano, yung cotinicus scale, no? isang, isang uh, scale na nag-iin na sa maraming plants, no? uh, in particular yung citrus. Nirelease nila yung kasi importante yung citrus sa, sa US. And so, in the long run, naging problema nila yung Vidalia Vital kasi it attacks others, other pests, so, and other insect in that. Ano. So, they have to regulate it. So, nagkaroon ng regulation na yung introduction ng classical biological control agent. And they should be dapat really really specific yung yung inintroduce mo doon sa target pest and it takes number of years to be uh, to be sure that it will be very specific to that particular pest so ang yung mga inintroduce natin so we have to be very careful no si si Tads uh, very careful and because of the wolvaca no Tads uh, Tads can can say that about oh. that later and then tayo lucky no the yung ating isang outbreak that galing sa invasive species is we have natives that and that's pwedeng ibida ni um ni Billy Mamia yung ating oh. success story so yeah. really is when you use introduction of biological control agent it, it will take number of years to be before it gets released in the field kasi you have to make sure that it will not affect the non targets Actually, I will uh, add lang kay Dr. Amalin and also kay Sir Billy, di ba? Sa mga lamok, I think I always present this sa mga conferences when before mag-pandemic, yung 2019, Courtney, biglang nagkaroon ng two-fold increase ang mga dengue cases sa Pilipinas. So, the average na 200,000 naging 400,000. Now, some of the uh, majority of the cases ng, ng, ng two-fold na to is coming from provinces. 
kaya ang nangyari diyan nung biglang nagkaroon ng parang sabihin natin di ba pandemic but an epidemic yung tatawag nila then yung mga ibang local government units biglang ginamit ang biological control sa Quezon City for example nag ano makita mo yung sa mga balita you can still google them if you want nag-release sila ng mga parang frog sa isang creek tapos sa sa Pangasinan nag-release sila ng mga parang mosquito fish or mga predators. Now, mm-hmm. oh, 'di ba ma'am? Ang dami yeah. sa balita eh. Ang dami yeah, na yeah. ang dami sa balita. And then ano yun, very parang naging very viral siya because of this particular actions because some scientists are saying that you just don't put immediately a an introduced animal jan mm. diba or an introduced organism you have to know a lot of it like the factors the biology and it and the perceived risk diba or if ever na magiging effective na talaga siya so uh, kunyari yung mga frogs na yun dun sa creek na yun rather than rather than na uh, puksain niya yung mga mosquitoes doon baka maging Uh, mag, uh, maging threat rin siya doon sa f- uh, if ever whatever fauna is found there as well. So, rather than maging maging uh, maging tar- targeted lang siya sa mosquito, tinatarget rin niya yung mga ibang insekto. So, tama yung sinasabi nila na it take time. Doon ko nakikita yung sinasabi rin ni Sir Billy na ang mga Pinoy ay paminsan gusto agad ng quick fix, di ba? Uh, meaning that since that this methods Some of them are published and well, uh, well uh, published and well studied. If you try to look at the literature, not uh, all of them are mostly laboratory based. Konti lang ang community based. And if you look at their effectivity, effective siya at a certain sense, but hindi ganun ka sustainable. So we can talk about that later in this case. But uh, ito lang yung sinasabi ko na uh, parang yung uh, sometimes na hirap. Uh, when we are trying to do biological-based approaches because it, it takes time. You cannot do a one-year study or even a... You have to continuously observe and see what happens on this case. Okay? Kasi Sir Billy, Sir Billy, go! <laughs> kasi ano, paumanhin na, kasi nabanggit, na, nabanggit mo na rin yung, ano, yung pagpapakawala ng mga palaka sa kesa. <laughs> Actually, yung mga palakang yon they are cane toads, Rinella Marina. Ano, yun yung mga palaka na nakikita natin sa kalsada after umulan, tapos sa tasagasaan, nagiging mga road waffles. Di ba? Uh, yung mga palakang yun, kaya, kaya ako naalala ko lang ano, You know what? Australians are actually very wary about biological control. Well, at least the common Australian. You know what? Because, you know why? Because yung cane toad in particular, up to now, it's it's really a pest in Australia. Kasi anong nangyari dyan? Nagkaroon ng insect pest sa sugarcane. I think it's the cane beetle sa mga sugarcane plantations sa Australia. So ang ginamit nila, na, na, ayan, quick fix, kumuha sila, nag, 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 ano sila, nag-import sila ng mga cane toads. I think from Southern America and then to, to Hawaii and then from Hawaii to Australia. Nagpakawala sila ng mga palaka. Ang problema, hindi naman kinain, hindi naman talaga nasugpo ng palaka yung pamimesti ng cane beetles. Kasi yung mga cane beetles, yung mga adults, they feed on the foliage. Medyo mataas. Yung alam naman natin ng mga sugar cane, matataas yung shoots niyan eh. So hindi ba kakain ng palaka? Kasi yung palaka hindi man umaakyat yan ng, ano eh, ng sugar cane eh. Diba? Tapos yun namang mga namemesti din ng mga larvae ng cane beetles nasa pinakailalim. Hindi rin naman maghuhukay yung palaka para panginain doon. 
So ngayon, instead of being a biological control agent, that natural enemy also became an invasive species. Ang problema sa Clinto, di ba? Yung mga palakang yan, pagka meron kang ala, ayan, nakikita ko, Corky, may alaga ka yatang aso, may fur baby ka. Mag-iingat ka, no? Pagka meron Clinto sa garden ninyo, huwag mong hayaan na kainin siya or isubo siya ng aso mo kasi nakakalason siya. And that's what happened in Australia. Walang predators. Yung Clinto, kasi toxic siya eh. Mm-hmm. Walang mga ahas na kumakatake sa Clinto. Yung mga dingoes, I think, mga aso, yung mga wild dogs Australia, nagkakanda mamatay. Pag ina-attempt nilang kainin yung ano yung yung kaito. So naging invasive species, naging pest sa tuloy ngayon. So, nga, just to drive home the point, biological control seems to be not so appealing at first glance, especially to Filipinos because it will take time. It will it will really take time. So, ayun. So, hindi kasi natin masyadong titingnan agad yung bio, especially during emergency situations. Nagkakawindang-windang yung mga agricultural workers. Kasi kailangan nilang sugpuin agad yung peste. And what's the quickest fix? Pesticide. Chemical pesticide. Yeah. So yung, yung, yung cane toads po ba na in, and yung fishes na introduce nung sa mosquito ay yung dengue na uh, epidemic, naging nuisance po sila? Naging... naging uh, uh, ah, talaga. We don't know. We don't know yet if they become ah, okay. a nuisance. But ang pinaka-point dyan is that were they effective in controlling the mosquito population and reducing the dengue cases in that area? Kasi, di ba, you, you do a biological control approach. In medical terms, kasi we, we term this as intervention. You create an intervention to have an outcome at yung outcome mo na yun would be the Reduce, uh, reducing disease transmission. So, kagaya kina ma'am, by applying this biological control approach, ang kanilang outcome is reducing the the spread or the abundance of the pest in that, or to reduce the damage caused by this pest in this ano, in in a farm or in an agricultural sector. Ganun nga, ganun ang nangyayari because mag-introduce tayo, maglalagay tayo na alam natin because of science, uh, marami tayong nabasa, pero hindi talaga siya pinag-aaralan ng matagalan. So dapat, talagang from the very start, talagang observe mo until dun sa pinaka-huling part wherein that what uh, what will be the outcome of your of that biological control, abri- uh, control approach. Ang maganda dyan na kwento yung actually kinas Doc Divine, pati kay Sir Billy na for the coconut scale insect. Okay? And I think that Sir Billy could actually give that. And then I can give examples and Courtney just to understand kung back where we are coming from, why certain biological control approaches would be effective and not at certain situations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yan. Sige, Sir Billy. Okay. Uh, Sige, bago, si, bago oh, yeah. mag-story mag, uh, mag si Billy, kasi si Billy talaga yung uh, nag-work doon. No? But I'd like to point out na not all natural enemies will work. Okay? Hindi lahat ng biological control agent ay, ay successful. No? Swerte lang tayo no? uh, na... We have this, no, yung KB, yung Comperiala Kalawangika that's really very, very effective on this invasive pest species na coconut scale insect. And But if it works, no, if it works, dapat ang take ng, ng community is to, to preserve it, to, uh, to provide the correct habitat 
that, no? Pwede dito sa mga biocontrol agent na to para continuously it can manage the population and will maintain the level that ng population na hindi na siya makaka-harm sa or yung will, will maintain the the economic threshold level ng ng peste ko ano man peste yon on that yeah so not all biocontrol agents will work the more that the yung introduction of biocontrol in the country should be given the utmost evaluation no the the evaluation under a quarantine a quarantine facility before it gets out of the field no to release in the field okay go ahead bilena <laughs> baka merong ano pero uh, just to follow up on what Tommy Divine said and what Tati said ang, ang, I think what one thing ano one of the I think many things that's uh, lacking ano with regards to yun nga like release of natural enemies biological control agents especially in the context of dengue mosquito control ano and well I think at to some extent uh, correct if I'm wrong Mami Divine ano to some extent also with regards to chemical control of some pests is the lack of proper monitoring and follow-up studies. Exactly. Diba? That's, Nangyari, that's nagpakawala, ng, nagpakawala sila ng palaka. <laughs> nagpakawala sila ng mga isda. Meron pa akala, niya, akala nila ano na yan, maayos na eh. Na ayos na, tapos na. Exactly. That's true. Kahit yung... Uh, No, kahit yung sa case nung sa Pocolisap, 'di ba, Mommy Divine ano, nag-inject uh-huh. sila ng ng insecticide. Kasi Courtney, parang ginawa nilang tao kunyari, ano, parang well, totoo naman ano, na instead of spraying or dousing the foliage or the whole plant with with chemical insecticides, ang ginawa para kontrolin, eh, an attempt to control the Pocolisap, yung coconut scale insect na nag-cause ng outbreak sa Southern Tagalog between 2010 and 2016 ano nag-inject sila ng ano ng chemical pesticide dinotefuran ano so ang ang principle inject yung ano inject yung yung insecticide and by translocation so kasi di ba may mga vascular or mga tubular networks sa loob ng trunk ng coconut so ang assumption is aakyat yon yung insecticide papunta doon sa mga dahon na uh, pinipeste ng kokolisap The thing is, I don't think tama ba, Mommy Divine? Walang gumawa ng study eh. Walang gumawa ng proper study kung talaga No, at least walang documented. He, oh, well, yeah. We really don't know if they did that, but you know, you can hindi natin malalaman kung ano kung walang documentation in the form of reports or in the form of publication. So wala 'yun. Yeah, that's what's lacking. Yun yeah. Yung ano, kaya kabe sa side namin ni na Mommy Divine eh, and Medyo ano eh, before medyo outsiders tayo eh sa De La Salle University. <laughs> Now, nung pumasok, nung pumasok, with God, well, uh, God sent talaga si Mommy Divine sa De La Salle University at sa Pilipinas. Ano? Kasi, yes. nung nagbalik scientist si Mommy Divine, tapos nangyari yung ano, uh, 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 I think a few years after, nangyari yung Pocolisap outbreak. So, isa sa mga naging ano, naging interest ni Mommy Divine na, na aralin. Bagamat meron ng mga nag-aaral, may mga gumagawa na ng pananalitin ano, from other institutions, from other agencies. But then, we wanted to we wanted to have access to information that that we thought was already available. Wala kami makuhang information. Wala kami makuhang information kung 
Uh, meron na bang na-identify na natural enemies? Kasi forte talaga ni Mami Divine ang biological control. So, ang ano namin, meron na bang na-identify na natural enemies? So, wala kami makuhang information. Ang alam lang namin, nagre-release sila, nagre-rear sila ng mga coccinellid beetles, ano, mga predators, hindi nagpapakawala sila. Pero walang information kung effective ba. So, Mami Divine thought, um, let's do our own study. So, nagsimula yon sa ano ah uh, merong mer ano eh nagsimula yan naalala mo Mommy Divine yung tatlo nating ano uh, mga alaga noon kina ano yeah. sina Demi yes, yes. ano sina Marie tsaka si ano si Marco, Marco. ano so silang tatlo so yung isa sa yung isa sa kanila uh, ay dalawa sa kanila ano uh, as uh, plant plant natural plant based biopesticide control biopesticide based control ng kokolisap ano yung dalawa sa kanila yung isa naman si Marco ano naman survey of natural enemies yung ano yung kanyang study para sa kanyang undergrad thesis and then somewhere along the way kasi ano uh, to, to cut the long story short ano uh, mommy divine and i while we were doing our own surveys in Eden Valley Springs Resort in Calawan Laguna ano uh, kasi doon hindi nagpapapasok ng mga tauhan ng government agency para mag-trunk injection ng dinodefuran. So no chemical control whatsoever, mechanical control lang, cultural control lang ang ginagawa nila. So nakakasiguro kami na kung may makita kami dong natural enemy na eventually ma-identify namin as associated with Ocolisap, then merong chance na baka ito ay potential biological control agent. And thank God, ganun nga nangyari. Ano no no nag 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 sinusuot kasi ako noon admittedly bagito ako noon nung time na yon si Mommy Divine so suyod-suyod kami ng mga dahon ng nyog tapos may nakita may nakita si may nakita kami na gumagapang-gapang sabi ni Mommy Divine sabi niya bili-bili kunin mo yan ano yan ah uh, parasitoid yan parasitoid yan eh ako naman malay ko ba ano itsura ng parasitoid Diba? Ma- alam ko mag-identify ng lamok, kitikitin ng lamok. Alam ko mag-identify ng mga salagubang. Pero hindi ko alam yung parasito, yung mga parasitic wasps. And legit, parang kuto. Nagdagbaga ako sa, kukunin mo yan, kukunin mo yan. So, kinuha ko, kinolekta. Kinolekta namin specimens. Tapos, kumolekta din kami ng mga specimens ng mga kokolisap. Nasabi ni Mami Divine, ito, parasitized yan kasi merong itim sa gitna. Pero hindi namin alam kung yung parasitoid na nakuha namin, yung adult, na gumagapang-gapang, kung siya rin ba yung nagpaparasitize doon sa sample ng kokolisap na kinolekta din namin. So ang ginawa ko, inuwi ko yung sample na parasitize na kokolisap. Tapos, uh, finoto-document ko yung nakuha namin na adult specimen and then I initially identified it at the genus level. Tapos, kinabukasan, lo and behold, it's the same insect that came out of the parasit the parasitized kokolisap. So doon na namin na-assertain na ito ay natural enemy. Parasitoid siya. But the next question was, how effective is the parasitism of this parasitoid? So doon na, kaya nagkaroon na ako ng, ano, nagkaroon na ako ng dissertation uh, topic ko. At yun, nagawa na namin ng study. So eventually, ano, again, to cut the long story short, eventually we're able to prove that yung na-discover namin, which we eventually named uh, Comperiella calawanica, kasi nga sa Kalawan, Laguna namin na-discover, ano, yung first specimen, we found that it parasitized Pocolisap, uh, Astidiotus rigidus at very high levels. Pumapalo sa close to 100%. Eh, sa biological control, pagka above 50% yung parasitism or predation, 
well that could be ano that could be a sign sign lang ah hindi pa definitive na feature ano pero sign indication na maaring candidate biological control agent siya kasi okay inaatake nga niya ang susunod na titingnan diyan how specific is the natural enemy ano how specific is the natural enemy ito lang ba ang aatakehin niya o kaya din ba niya mag-atake sa iba so Fortunately, ayun nga, uh, thank God, eventually we found that, that, that the insect we discovered, only para sa, up to now, we haven't found, we haven't found an alternative host, but we have a hypothesis that it could have a, an alternative host, but so far we haven't found that alternative host or alternative hosts yet. So, it's highly specific, ang taas ng parasitism niya, and eventually, yan, yun nga, sinasabi ni Mami Divine, success story. Uh, in biological control because now it is it's being recognized by the Philippine government uh, by the Philippine Coconut Authority as the biological control agent and a definite control measure against Cocolisa and we have done some tests in other places like in Zamboanga we also had some well our colleagues our collaborators from PCA in Albay, and also in Romplon. Kaya yun, yun nga, gaya na sabi ni Mami Divine, it's not always ano, the case. But thank God that for Coco Lisap, that caused a problem here in the Philippines, we were able to to uh, come across this very effective natural enemy as eventually identified and recognized biological control agent. And now, Calasal University is also hindi naman sa binubuhat natin yung bangko ng ating university pero uh, now De La Salle University is being recognized as well ano nationwide for our biological control endeavors mm-hmm. so the control actually that, that that gives way to the birth of the biological control research unit yung yung isang unit sa sensor so that's that's correct si Billy so na control yes, na control po yung populism tama Yeah, yeah, definitely yes. That's pan- actually. Ay, na na matay po sila lahat or hindi? Ano po 'yun? Well, ang biological control, the use of biological control agent. Kasi Courtney, biological control is not only the the use of biological control agent. May iba pang mga control, biocontrol, yung the use of pheromones and pheromones, mga ganun, uh, bio-based, no, yung ano ng biological control. But for the Cocolisap That it, it really brings the population of Cocolisa in any areas uh, invaded into the level that it, it's not anymore causing economic loss okay. uh, sa coconut production. Kaya that, that's the the success uh, indica- uh, indicator, no? Pag yung nag, pag, uh, nagkocontrol ka ng pests on an outbreak situation. So tama po, yung Cocolisap kasi may, may ibang purpose naman siya. So bawa siyang completely patayin rin. Tama po ba? Or... Peste or, na, ipeste siya. Peste siya ng... Cocolisap ay peste ng, ng coconut. Oh yes. Siya yung coconut scale insect. That, that's... Uh, um, ano ba to? De, nasabi nila nang galing sa Indonesia, hindi pa rin naman, ano, hindi pa rin naman confirm, no? Uh, kaya siya ay invasive pest species. Kaya nagkaroon ng outbreak kasi wala siyang natural enemy as compared to the other species ng uh, coconut scale insect, no? Yung Aspidiotus destructor. Kasi itong coconut na, ano, is Aspidiotus rigidus. Yung, yung mga kamag-anak niya na ibang Aspidiotus, they are not 
not a problem because mm -hmm. they have already a natural enemy complex here in the Philippines. Kaya hindi siya nag-i-increase ng population to the level that it will affect the uh, production ng coconut. So, um, ang nangyari si Aspidiotus rigidus, uh, siya yung invasive, kaya nung dumating siya dito, it gets the outbreak uh, situation, affected ang production ng coconut, talagang wala kang makita masyadong coconut. And, and so, uh, kailangan, kailangan ng, ano, ng immediate control. Yung first yung first attempt will, will always be a pesticide. No, it's, it's mm. always the first. Uh, but then, yung nga, then here comes this biocontrol agent, no? itong coccolisat that gets established sa, sa uh, coconut scale insect infested area. So, ibig sabihin, nandito siya siguro mm. kasi hindi naman siya, kasi hindi magiging outbreak ang coccolisat na Aspidiotus rigidus if it's already uh, if it came no with the biocontrol agent mm -hmm. the the assumption is dito siya sa atin it's a native it's just in another in another plant or in, in another insect no mm -hmm. and then here comes yung coccolisat and it took how many years before it it get established doon sa ano sa coconut plantation with Aspidiotus rigidus. Yun ang hinarap namin ni Nabili. Ano yung alternate host ni Comperiella Calawanica? As uh, nasaan siya nung wala pang Aspidiotus rigidus dito sa Philippines. So uh, yeah, it's the, our story is not yet complete until we find what is that alternate host of Coccolisat kasi ano malabas native siya eh, galing siya dito sa Philippines. Nandito na siya sa Pilipinas. Uh, doctor, you also have yung sa Wolbachia. But uh, can you also share that? Okay. So, yung Wolbachia kasi, so, di ba, ang um, mosquitoes natin, maraming um, approaches na sinuggest on how to control them. Okay? So, yung Wolbachia kasi, hindi ko naman talaga parang uh, discovery yan or something. This has been already used in in agriculture and then what happened was inintroduce ay hindi ba introduce but it was ginagamit siya for mosquitoes uh, now. Now, geto kasi yung backstory kasi may historical ano yan eh, uh, mahabang story yan eh. So, what Australian researchers actually try to use Wolbachia to control certain pests in agriculture. And then what happened is that another researcher that works on mosquitoes wanted to do, wanted to replicate that success. Now, when the Aedes aegypti, yung mismong mosquito that transmits dengue virus, what happened was na nalaman nila na walang Wolbachia, walang Wolbachia, natural na Wolbachia sa uh, sa uh, sa loob ng kanyang midgut. So meaning it's not a part of the microbiome. So ngayon, ang ginawa nila doon is that they tried to get natural Wolbachia from other insects. So like yung Drosophila melanogaster. And parang a stroke of, ano, like kay naman divine, pati kay na Sir Billy, is that all they wanted was to have what we call some negative phenotypic effect. When you say negative phenotypic effect, ito yung um, parang bababa yung life ah parang um, yung mga eggs ng mga females hindi magahatch dahil kasi nga wolbachia infected na siya or it reduces the lifespan of the female diba so these are some of the effects of wolbachia in some insects like found in agriculture but what they found also interesting is that 
the wolbachia tends to parang protect the mosquito that strain na inintroduce nila doon sa mosquito sa Aedes aegypti nila it blocks the pathogen of dengue meaning that it doesn't multiply inside so kumbaga parang yung wolbachia na to is like Um, babakunahan mo yung mosquito. So you put like a para a vaccine in order for this viruses not to replicate or not to replicate in a certain point that it will create that would be infectious. Kasi diba in if I, uh, in microbiology, hindi man ibig sabihin isang virus lang magkakasakit ka na eh, diba? <laughs> it, it, You have to reach the number of virus particles or pathogen particles para mag-exhibit ka ng mga simptomas ng sakit, diba? So, sa, so noon nalaman nila to, so naging very popular siya because bakit? Number one, di ba sabi ko kanina, may mga iba't ibang biological control approaches sa mga lamok. Bakit hindi gumana itong mga to? Number one, kaya hindi gumagana ang iba is that ang worry nila would be manpower or how it would be applied to the field. Kasi iba sa kala is very laborious. Meaning, kung kunyari yung mga plant-based or yung mga pathogen-based or even yung mga uh, pathogen-based like yung mga BTI, you need someone to put that doon sa places na yon. Just like in chemical fogging. So, kailangan mo pa rin ng tao. So, it will not actually be sustainable. Kasi nga, uh, ano yung manpower? Ang maganda sa Wolbachia is that one time hit lang siya so all you need to do is just release them once and then let that those mosquitoes infect the wild type na nakikita sa environment until lahat sila ay infected and you make that population stable ang tawag doon ay population replacement meaning hindi hurtful to sa mga mosquitoes na to meaning infect mo lang siya ng wolbachia yeah, di ba so yun yung um, yun yung kanilang parang selling point because Typically, other biological control approaches, kailangan mo ng labor eh. You need manpower. So kung, if you can reduce that, diba, then uh, this approach would be more sustainable, of course. And ang problema na lang natin dyan would be what could be the potential risk. Diba? Now, um, ang nakakatawang story kasi nito was that I was in Japan uh, when we... Uh, when kasi nung una namin kala is that the Aegis Egypti had a natural had a natural uh, natural infection of Wolbachia okay so tas nagkamali kami by looking at more of the literature so so parang yung sensei namin is sige i-try mo lang tignan natin kung meron or uh, meron or wala so at the back of my mind but natin i-try sayang lang naman sa reagents pero she, he was very insistent i-try dahil kasi madali naman lang naman siyang um, gawin so when we tried it out and i had an undergrad student with me siya yung pina, uh, siya yung gumawa ng lab work for the first batch So sabi sabi ko sa uh, nung ginawa na niya and nagkita kami sa cafeteria um, ang una talaga namin alam mo yung nega na yun na sa isip namin ah, negative yan lahat parang ganyan negative na yan lahat oh, given na yan alam mo parang ganun kami and lo and behold hindi may sabi some of them became positive are you sure sabi ko ganyan sabi ko baka na naman nagkamali ka so when we redid the experiments molecularly we were able to detect Wolbachia naturally from our Aedes aegypti mosquitoes now 
parang of course ang hirap nun because a lot of studies at that time were telling wala talagang Wolbachia sa Aedes aegypti. But after several years, uh, after the several after a year or two because hirap kami to publish that paper because everyone say it cannot ano, parang wala indian pwede parang ganyan no 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 parang reject no reject parang at one point sige siya shelf ko na nga lang tong publication na to uh, but eventually some people uh, some scientists in the US some scientists also in India were able to also detect and not only detect also rare colonies of Aedes aegypti mosquitoes that are natural with Wolbachia so we are so since kami Meron na dito, we confirmed that there is actually some populations that has it. Ang kailangan lang namin gawin is that the next step is to make a colony and characterize, meaning does it have the same blocking pathogen effect as the one that the Australian group did. Kasi kung meron yun, that is a game changer because all that we need to do in this case is do what we call a, a mass re rearing and mass release of those mosquitoes and have your mosquitoes, in, have those parang Wolbachia infected mosquitoes infect the other wild type mosquitoes so that para siyang bakuna, parang papabakunahan mo, para hindi na siya mag-transmit ng uh, dengue virus. So we're hoping to, to study that more. Actually, um, if you would look at yung sa Indonesia, currently, they use the technology by the, by the Australian researchers and they got actually positive results in uh, positive results in terms of reducing the dengue transmission, but it still needs to be studied further. Rin sa Australia, they're still studying the effects or the risk that would contribute by this by this or uh, introduction kasi introduce mo ini-introduce mo yun eh yun yung sinasabi ni Dr. Amalin na medyo may mga laws or regulations about the introduction of it but if if it comes naturally in our environment i think that that would be a best candidate but we still don't know kung whether magiging effective siya or hindi but ang um, sa amin is that uh, we still continue to study it and hopefully that it can be used in the near future diba ayun so yun lang naman yung parang for our case in the mosquito side so it was we're uh, of course we're not only limiting our research doon lang we have to use other uh, biological control approaches kasi ang problema kasi is that madaming studies that are done laboratory based walang community based and then Yung mga community-based applications that I call it, meaning you try to study them for not only, kasi ang mostly na nakita namin sa literature, months lang, hindi years. So dapat years yan. And titignan mo, what will happen if ever, for example, you apply this at you don't look at only the mosquito or the biological, pati yung mga tao that is participating with it or the acceptance of it as well. So madaming, ano yan, actually madaming factors na dapat may consider because paminsan may mga iba nega dyan or we have a negative public opinion. Mm -hmm. So, ayun, hopefully to curb already the, the, you know, the rising dengue cases in the Philippines, hopefully that this kind of approaches would be, di ko na sabi gamitin agad. I mean, to be studied very well and to be when I say studied very well, dapat hindi lang siya pang one year or two year lang na project. It's really a commitment na gagawin siya 
throughout the many years, diba, in this case. So, yo. Oh, wait, Doc Minnie, I will get back to you. Pero isang mm. quick question lang po, Doc Natch. Uh, how do you, in, how do you infect it? How do you vaccinate it with Wolbachia? Yung mosquito? Okay. So, ganito kasi yon. So, yung Wolbachia kasi, it's actually a bacteria, diba? So, some insects kasi, um, not some, but majority of insects, kahit butterfly man yan or ano, meron na kasi siyang Wolbachia sa loob niya. So, ang Wolbachia, depende sa strain, depende sa host, it has a certain effect. So, some effect could be positive, meaning beneficial for the host and the endosymbiote. It can have a negative effect. So, in mosquitoes, studies said that the presence of Wolbachia in some mosquitoes are have a negative effect. So, what do you mean by a negative effect? Meaning that it parasitizes the, the mosquito, diba? When you say parasitize, it either reduces the lifespan or yung mga embryos niya, or yung kanyang eggs, not that viable, hindi tadami siya. So, yun yung ano. So, so, what you need to do is, you need to have that endosymbiote reside inside. So, di ba, when you say, bak- parang sabi ko yung bakuna, di ba, when you have a sickness, you produce the antibodies, you produce the antibodies necessary for you to fight that infection again in the future. Just like, for example, chickenpox, diba? So there's a very low probability of you getting chickenpox again if you had that infection while you were a child. Kasi nga, meron ka ng immune, immune ka na doon. Uh, you have already the, the cells that are necessary in order to produce the antibodies against it. So in relation that to the mosquito, kung... Uh, kung lagyan mo siya ng Wolbachia and maging natural sa loob ng kanyang midgut, then that Wolbachia would protect the the reproduction of your viruses inside the mosquito. Kasi magkakaroon ka parang dyan ng parang competition inside the midgut. So by putting Wolbachia there, it will try to stop the reproduction, not stop, but to limit the reproduction of your virus, virus particles inside. Therefore, hindi siya dadami. Therefore, hindi siya magiging ganun ka-infectious uh, uh, sa loob ng iyong mosquito vector. Kasi nga, ang lagi ko naririnig dyan na mga whenever I do talks, but hindi nila natin puksa buksain ang lahat ng mga lamok. So, it's it's not that easy uh, uh, as you would see. Kasi, remember, these are organisms, okay? Just like us, like humans, we are uh, we are an organism. And one of the main things that we we do is we evolve, we adapt in order for us to survive. So gagawa ng gagawa yan ng paraan upang dumami pa rin sila at mag-survive. Kahit, kahit anong gamitin mong uh, approach, if it's not properly properly implemented, talagang dadami ng dadami sila. So yung sa Wolbachia is that we have to coexist with them, di ba? Kasi ganun ang nature, patay na lang natin kung sino yung enemies natin, di ba? Ganun. So, meaning we need to coexist with them. So, how do we try to coexist with them for them to just become, you know, regular pests? Kinakagat pa rin tayo, pero hindi tayo nagkakasakit. Kasi may mga ibang mos- mosquitoes, ganun eh. Nandyan lang siya, pero hindi, man, hindi ka naman binibigyan ng sakit. So, dapat makagawa ka ng paraan uh, upang mag-coexist kayong dalawa without you know hurting each other parang ganyan so that's why that's why it's not that very easy just to kill all of the mosquitoes kasi yun ang mentality talaga ng iba na parang 
dali-dali lang patay ng lamok. Actually, ayaw na magkwento. But may nagganon sa akin one time, parang madali lang mong patayin yung ipis, tatapakan mo na lang, di ba? <laughs> Sabi ko, wow, ganun kadali. Di ba ma'am, ganun kadali lang talaga, ano, paapakan yung ipis eh. <laughs> Pero kung madami kasi sila, paano naman yun, di ba? So, yun, yun lang naman yung ano, uh, explanation ng the Woolback. I think si Sir Billy may yes. add yata. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, we cannot overemphasize the importance of research. Yes. So, kasi yung mm. kasi yung mindset na ganun na eradicate everything, eliminate, <laughs> kill all, di ba? That is born out of lack of understanding about how an ecosystem works. Actually, may mga tanong yan eh. Ano ba ang silbi ng mga lamok sa ecosystem? Ano ba ang mm, yan. Actually, hindi na natin ang papuyan. no? Uh, madalas kasi, as human beings, we tend to be anthropocentric. We tend yeah. to always look at things at the point of, in the point of view or using the point of view of a human being. Kaya nga sinasabi ko sa mga students ko, uh, try to be less anthropocentric. Human beings are not the center of the universe. Ano? So, halimbawa, mosquitoes, kasi ang focus ng natin, ang mosquitoes nangangagat, they suck blood. But the thing is, they really... Uh, blood is not really their regular diet. Yes. They only have to feed on blood. The females, the females only have to feed on blood when they have to lay eggs. Other than that, kapag hindi Lana. sila, sila oh. eggs, hindi naman sila kinakailangan itlog, they feed on nectar. On sugar, yes. Diba? On sugar. Oh, oh. So, they can also be pollinators. They can what? also be pollinators. <laughs> yes. So, eliminate mo lahat ng mga, we don't know what plants would be missing some of their pollinators kasi pinatay natin lahat ng lamok. Halimbawa, mga oh. ano naman ang silbi ng mga ipis? Kasi nakikita natin mga ipis, pinapabaho yung mga ginagapangan nila, iniiputan nila, oh. or nanginginain sa mga pagkain natin, pinapapangit yung paligid natin. Diba? But, They are, ano eh, they are coprophagus. Kumakain ano? sila ng epak. Uh-huh. Eh, try to imagine, sa, sa damakmak na epak, saan mo ilalagay yan? Kung ano, ilalagay natin. So, sinong uubos sa kanila? Tra- ano sila eh, part sila ng, ano eh, ng, ng decomposition, ano eh, uh, processes eh. So, kung wala yung mga ipis, eh, baka naglalakad tayo sa, ano, puro tae. Di ba? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I to use the term. To Tama, be na, about it. Diba? So, it's a lack of understanding that leads to that kind of mindset. Diba? I like, I like that. I like that. We cannot overemphasize the importance of research. Eto, balik tayo doon sa kwento ng Coco Lisa. Yung sa Southern Tagalog, by 2016, ay bumaba na yung, ano, yung, yung, yung levels of infestation by 2016. And you know what, Courtney? I don't want to name names kasi controversial dahil may election yan. But, you know what? There was a certain politician who claimed, who, who declared in media, but maybe it's not completely his fault. Na, yun yung binabato sa kanya, ano, mga, mga experts na pinapakinggan niya. You know what? Was released in media, ang nakatulong daw para masugpo ang kokolisap sa Southern Tagalog ay bagyo. Typhoon. Yung Glenda, eh, ako ko naalala mo yung court, yung bagyong Glenda. Bagyo daw. Ano yung bagyong Glenda? July. July 2015. But then I start, we, 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 it's, it was around that time that we started doing our, ano, we, we started doing our field work. Kaya nga, again, I cannot over, we cannot overemphasize the importance of studies both in the laboratory and also in the field as, as Tad correctly mentioned earlier. Ano? So we were already doing our field studies. Dumaan yung bagyo, nandun pa rin naman ang kukulisap eh. Nandun pa rin ang kukulisap. 
Ka, alam namin na yung claim na yon it seems absurd. But of course, kung ano yung posibleng maingay, especially sa mainstream siya, siya yung paniniwalaan eh. Now, can we say it's fake news? Ay, baka, kami ang babuelta. Sabihin, kayo yung nagpe-fake news. Sinasabi niya, eh, ito yung ano eh, mas prominenting tao. Oo oh, nga. Eh. We yes. know what was happening in the field because we were working in the field. So, ganito nangyari, Courtney. Okay, sige, pagbigyan na natin. Now, an, another outbreak of the same species of Cocolisap as Pideotus rigidus happened in Mindanao, Zamboanga Peninsula, Zamboanga City. Nangyari, Courtney. Hindi madalas dinadaanan Madi- ng pagyo ang Mindanao. Particularly Zamboanga. Kaya nung nagkaroon ako kolisap outbreak doon, and thank God ano na si Mami Divine na invite ng Philippine Coconut Authority para magsagawa ng ano ng training workshop doon on on biological control of kolisap using Pomperiella kalawanica, yung parasitic wasp na na-discover namin sa Kalawan Laguna. So ngayon, nung Unang beses na nakapunta kami sa Zamboanga City. Ay ako, parang ano ito, alam to ni Mami Divine at ni Tads, ano, being biologists, we developed that quirk. Ano, na kahit na hindi naman talaga pakay mo na mag-field work, alam ba, kahit excursion, patingin-tingin ka sa paligid mo, tapos pag may nakita kang something interesting, para ka na nag-field work. So, naglalakad kami ni Mami Divine doon sa facility ng Zamboanga Research Center. Nakita ko, meron puno doon na may kokolisa, the same species. Kaya sabi namin, natamang-tama yung timing na magsasagawa ng training doon. Mm. Tapos nagkaroon nga ng outbreak. Thank God, may connection na kami. So nakakapag, nakakapagdala na kami, pag pumupunta kami ng Zambanga Research Center, nakakapagdala na kami ng mga komperyela that we were mass rearing in our facilities in Laguna Campus. So nakapag-release. Tinuruan din namin sila sa Zambanga Research Center kung paano magparami at mag mag-release ng komperyela sa field. And you know what happened, Courtney? Uh, unfortunately, I ano eh, uh, we, we are just audio based, ano. Pero maganda sa akin pakita before and after Courtney, ano? Twenty seventeen. photo. <laughs> oh, sige, sige. Twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Yung before and after photos. Twenty seventeen. Kitang-kita mo naninilaw yung dahon ng mga ano, yung mga leafle, mga mga fronds ng ng coconut palms na infested ng ano, ng ng kokolisap. And then Comperiela lang, nag-release ng Comperiela, less than one year, 2018. The same coconut palms, completely recovered. Green na yung dahon. Walang dumaan na bagyo. Walang dumaan na bagyo, Courtney. Kado namin na, na siguro na hindi bagyo kasi sa namin na-discover yung Comperiela sa Southern Tagalog. Yes, dumaan ng Glenda doon pero na-measure na namin ang taas ng parasitism levels ng Comperiela sa Cocolisap sa Southern Tagalog. Okay, sige, pagbigyan na natin. For a while, sabihin na natin, for the sake of argument, sige, maaari nga na bagyo, nakatulong. Pero dito, sa case sa Zamboanga, walang bagyo na dumaan. Pero kumperiela lamang, yung nirelease at hinayaang magparami. Because you know what? Another advantage, by the way, Courtney, of using natural enemies as biological control agents, effective and specific natural enemies, ano, to be precise, ano, is that Once they're there, once they have established a population in the infestation area, and once they have managed the population, take note, Courtney, using natural enemies for biological control does not aim to completely eradicate the pest. May matitira dyan. Kasi paano mamubuhay yung natural enemies kung wala silang kakainin or pangisugan? Mm. Diba? Magtitira sila. Hindi na maganda. Diba? At kapag dumadami yung natural, yung, yung peste, dumadami din sila. 
hindi mo na kailangang every time na luma- makita mo na, na namumutik-tik na naman sa peste, bibili ka ng pesticide. Hindi, nandun na sila eh. Nagpaparami na sila, sila na yung kumakalat. Diba? Kasi we're talking about giving things here. We're talking about organisms. So, yung kwento na yun, yun talaga, yun talaga yung ano, na, the, the value, the importance of doing research, not just laboratory-based, but field-based research, and also transferring the technology to the actual beneficiaries in the field. Ano? Yun yung isa talagang na, ano eh, na, sabi ko, God sent talaga si, si Mami Divine. Not just in De La Salle University, but also in the Philippines. Kasi, Ako, at least sa akin, I think, uh, pati na rin kay Tadsa, no? natutunan namin sa kanya yung value na hindi natin sasarilinin yung, na, yung information na nakuha natin para makapag-publish tayo na sa nabakbak na papers, makukuha tayo ng citations. But we develop technologies out of our research results and findings. And we transfer, we share the technology to the actual beneficiaries. Kasi sino ba't kaming mga researchers? Kami ba yung nagtatrabaho sa mga plantation ng yung Hindi. Di ba? Hindi naman kami talaga eh. Sino yung mga nagtatrabaho? Yung mga farmers, yung mga agricultural workers. Kaya, kaya yun. So, through our government-funded projects, we were able to develop that, that technology and we were able to transfer successfully the technologies to the beneficiaries. Kaya ngayon, ay nga, as I have mentioned a while ago, recognize na talaga yung, yung Comperiela Kalawanica as the biological control agent and a definitive control measure against kokolisap as pediotus rigidus. So again, ano, for the end time, we cannot overemphasize the <laughs> yes. value of research in the laboratory and in the field. So I have one last question. So so we're on the topic of the importance of research and getting it to the target beneficiaries. But as you all said, Ngapo, there is a a resistance din sa community from listening to scientists. Ano po yung pwede not, uh, what could the government do or what could other researchers do to make sure na these technologies that you are making in the lab can also arrive to the community unit? So is this yeah. something that okay. the government... I'll, I'll start. Uh, I'll start. Yes, pa. Uh, short, uh, short and sweet, no? <laughs> yeah. Science should reach the community. Definitely to value the the investment that is given to research and development because we whatever research result we get not should be implemented in the correct way in the correct place the the key to that no and and that's hindi na nakukulang ang ang ating gobyerno no on that it's just the difficulty of uh, technology transfer yun lang yun uh, we we need to come up with the the, the correct modality Kung paano ba natin talaga ito magiging effectively transferred to the targeted audience. Madaling, magsa, mag, madaling magsalita, pero kasi ang ating mga farmers is to cease to believe. Hmm. Pagdada ka lang ng dada, hindi naman nila nakikita na ang, ang outcome of it, hindi nila yan ma-appreciate. So, ang ano lang dyan is the correct modality. And I think we have, and there is no there is no one one way, there is no one method on that. Iba-iba yan. I mean, it depends on the technology. It depends on the the, the targeted insect pest. It, it depends on... It, hindi rin parehong bio-based program. Iba-iba din yung bio-based program. No? So, I think for me, it's the correct modality that will be transferred and easily comprehend and and be seen by the, by the targeted audience, the impact of it. Kasi if 
if we don't convey to them and show to them the impact of it, they will never, they will never accept it. Yung acceptance is for them to see that it's working. And, then, and that's, the, that's the case of the Kokodisa because they saw it by their own eyes on how this little creature was able to uh, control millions and millions of uh, Kokodisa. Uh, sa akin naman, uh, of course, correct si Ma'am Divine, but I like to add also that in in all of my years in research, hindi lang, uh, I've seen yung mga different point of views, di ba? So just the last message that research, uh, especially in the Philippines, dapat kasi hindi lang what we, current, what we term multidisciplinary. It should be transdisciplinary, yeah. meaning that there should be an overlap on everything because we as biologists ito lang yung kaya namin diba uh, of course mom divine and sir bailey if you would look at it courtney kaya kaya kasi diba nung pisa nag english english pa tayo dito tapos biglang at the end magtatagal <laughs> because we've gone through the field oh, mas lalo ko so we have to be really uh, trans parang one research has to be trans parang discipline or has trans uh, disciplinary uh, parang approaches meaning he hindi, hindi lang yung iisa lang so probably for those that are listening is that you have to go to each parang perspective to appreciate the you know the whole the holistic point of view and for you to really find f uh, parang strategies or develop ways or means in order to to deliver that outcome, diba? Mahirap talaga yung when you go to technology. I, I've seen that also, Dr. Amay. Yan yung, uh, yeah. sa amin in medical, mahirap i-educate yung mga tao, diba? I-educate um, siya. As long as you show them that you're sincere, sincere? and honest uh-huh. on what you are teaching them and they see and they see it by their own eyes, own eyes yes. you, you're uh-huh. not gonna get wrong. They uh-huh. will adapt it. Yes, they would adapt it talaga. So, mm-hmm. talagang dapat pagdating pa lang yung one of the key success ng Wolbachia program ng Australia is that of because of their community, hindi dahil sa technology nila. It's because of how they educated the community or mm-hmm. how they talk to the communities or mm-hmm. have the uh, community participate. Kasi kapag wala yun, hindi hanggang technology lang siya, hindi siya matatransfer or ma-apply. Ayun. Ito, yeah. okay. maybe this is an appeal. Maybe this is an appeal to ano uh, to my to our fellow scientists. Although this could be really challenging, but I would like to appeal to our fellow scientists and researchers that we should really exert effort into making not just the actual beneficiary of our research findings, but the general public to be able to at least appreciate our researches, the results, the findings, and the technologies we develop from them. Ano? I can remember one particular senator who I will not name, who in a particular <laughs> Senate hearing, like she blurted out something, he or she Ay. blurted out something to the disgust of many, especially scientists and researchers. Na parang sinabi niya, parang ang dating, hindi niya na-appreciate ang value ng research. The way I see it, ano, uh, yes, it's 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 not, ano, it's not good to hear, especially from a senator. 
But I think I can somehow understand where she's coming from. Because many, unfortunately, ano, and this is a reality, many of us in the world of research and science and research, ano, we tend to like see our world within the confines of the four walls of our laboratory or our our agency. And rarely do some of us reach out to the community like what Tads mentioned. Ano kaya yun yung nakita ko talagang ano eh something that impressed me and really really encouraged and inspired me from about what Mommy Divine has been doing. Yung mag-reach out. Yun, yung isa. Kailangan tayo mga scientists and researchers. We need to exert an effort. Yes, there could be an argument that I'm not really good in communicating. I'm not really good in laymanizing my research findings. So that is where yung second point na sasabihin ko. Effective science communication. Which, thankfully, Courtney, ano, this podcast, this is one of the endeavors that, that's at, that are at least trying to bridge the gap through science communication between the researchers and the scientists and the general public. And hopefully, we are able to do that sooner than later. Ano? Funding, madami yung nagsasabi, not so funded ang research dito. Well, yes, kung ikukumpara natin sa ibang bansa, ganun, ang, ganun nga. Pero mahirap lang kasi, we're a developing country. And, you know, our government has to prioritize. Diba? And of course, yes, more 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 priority should be given uh, towards research and ano but as scientists as researchers we have to make do with what we have ano but the thing is ano yes we have already but we have to communicate it effectively yun yung isa pang point and then yung pangatlong point and siguro mas masyado na mahaba pagkain na ko to it has to do with our value system it's not just the role, it's not just the responsibility of us scientists and researchers or the science communicators, but also, in general, the value system of the Filipino public. Kasi, di ba, kung hindi naman ganun kalaki ang pagpapahal sa agham, sa pananaliksik, sa teknolohiya, dahil ang mas tinatangkilik ay K-pop, mas tinatangkilik ay politika, mas tinatangkilik ay yung mga kontrobersyal na mga bagay. Diba? Like yung attention binibigay sa science and technology, CCC natin ng gobyerno, hindi binibigyan ng attention. Eh yung general public mismo, hindi nakaka-appreciate, hindi binavalue. Ang, ang education na lang at least, hindi ba? So yun, isang kailangan di mabago. So it's, it's a multifaceted concern actually. It's not going to be a single bullet that will solve this problem ano, about how to extend science how to make masses appreciate science so it's a multifaceted thing ano maybe another venue we can talk about that pero yun yun yung yun yung, that's the way that's how i see it. but as far as we are concerned the biological control research unit sensor mommy divine tads and i i beg your pardon tads and mommy divine if i if like i'm i'm presuming to speak on behalf of you ano we are doing our best, rest assured that we are doing our best to reach not just our colleagues, not just the journals, ano, not just to be recognized by those, but also to be, for, for our public, for our, for our actual beneficiaries, to at least appreciate, kahit hindi na masyadong ma- ma- maintindihan, at least ma-appreciate kung ano yung kahalagahan ng ginagawa namin sa aming pananalisi. 
Thank you. Thank you, Paul. For very well said. Yes. Very well said. I just yes. would like to add one thing. Yes, I think we have to be very serious and more citizen science study and also inculcate in our education the service learning, which we are doing already in, in De La Salle University. There are some courses that we have na meron ng service learning uh, modality. And I think seriousness should be put into that, yung citizen science and service learning. And the more that we as a teacher, Camila, Tads, and Billy, should really consider this, you know, integration into our uh, courses, service learning, and also how this student can participate in the citizen science thing of, of whatever, you know, learnings that they will have. Para may ownership ring po, building. <laughs> Yeah, in other countries, they are like that. Like, you know, sa Japan, that's probably is, you know, have, have observation of some of these kids in, in Japan that they, you know, they they learn early early on 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 being being the citizen of, a, of, of their country. That's true, Pop. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much to our panelists. That's all the time we have today. Sorry, think... ha, kami kasi, ano eh. Uh, <laughs> pwede ba kami matitigil? Parang bad combination yata yung tatlo eh. Oh. <laughs> Are they super interesting po? Ano, di ko nga, di ko, di ko natatanungin yung mga ibang questions ko kasi ang ganda po ng topic. Ang ganda po ng conversation. Hindi mo taga tatapakan lahat ng if it's oh, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you all for the all of our panelists. Uh, that's all the time we have today. Uh, but again, thank you to our guest researchers, Dr. Divina Amanin, Dr. Tadeus Carbajal, and Dr. Billy Joel Alvarinas. Thank you for listening to our listeners. Uh, and see you in our next episode. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank 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 you po. It's sobrang interesting na right. ko sabi ko na kung bakit one hour nang nagay ko. Sabi ko, tas kaming tatlo pa. Naku, patay tayo dyan. <laughs> okay. Thank All right. Bye. Thank you po. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Sige, Sir Billy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, Courtney here. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about the terms, organizations, and people mentioned by our panelists, you can go to our show notes and read more about them there. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow Katakataka on Spotify or YouTube. The podcast is free. It will really help us out if you subscribe, and you can also unsubscribe anytime you want. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KatakatakaPod. That is K-A-T-A-K-A-T-A-K-A-P-O-D. You can suggest topics and pass us your questions over there. This podcast is fully self-funded. And if you want to support this podcast, you can do so by going to ko-fi.com slash katakatakapod. That is ko-fi.com slash katakatakapod. Thank you and see you on our next episode.